Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Molden here. So glad to have you here with us today for episode 425 of the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, I am thrilled to introduce Julie Solomon, who is sharing all about how she's helping people find what's next, how to increase their visibility, and also why the conduit for new opportunities is through speaking. Julie has a hugely diverse professional background, and she has a deep passion for helping people see what they may not see in themselves and how to bring it to light for the audience that they serve. Her coaching business has allowed her to come alongside her clients and take them to the next level when they feel like there's something missing from their success. She is a master communicator at heart, believes in the gift of speaking and the purpose that lies within identifying your power. During our time together, we're going to talk through navigating doubts and fears and why you have to keep climbing that mountain and also how to accept and embrace what it is that brings your niche to your industry. Julie also is going to talk about how to find your people, how to create an experience around your talk, and also why your brand has to be so cohesive. She's going to share a lot of great insight in this. You're going to love this conversation. So let's get right to it. Here's episode 425 with Julie Solomon. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today, we are chatting with my friend Julie Solomon, talking about her speaking journey and uh, some lessons that we can learn uh, from uh, her story. So Julie, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. All right. First of all, why don't you give us uh, some context of you do speaking amongst other things, but kind of how does speaking fit into your overall business and maybe paint the picture of, of what does the Julie Solomon enterprise look like? Yes. So I, I have been speaking as long as I can remember, just babbling away at 18 months old and I hadn't stopped since. Um, the way that speaking really melds into my business um, overarching view, I, I, I run an online coaching business for high level female entrepreneurs, creatives and coaches. I've been doing this for almost 10 years. Before that, I was a publicist. I worked in corporate and agency America working with a lot of our high level just stars in the world. I worked with people like Lenny Kravitz and Pink and Maroon 5 on the music side. And then I went to book PR and worked with a lot of our big thought leaders that we know today, like Dave Ramsey and Mike Hyatt and all those amazing people. And, um, you know, from that evolved my my background in marketing and PR into an online coaching business that I have now. So what I really help people do is I help them catapult their visibility. Women will come to me and they're like, Julie, look, I have had a lot of success. I've made multi six, seven figures. I feel really good in my life. I have created a lot of impact. I have great clients. 
And yet something just feels a little unfinished. Something feels a little unsatisfied for me. As much as as much as I've done, it's like no one knows who I am. <laughs> and so like how how can I become more known? How can I become more visible? Because I know that that's going to lead to more freedom, more service, more impact, just more. And um and I think that that's really the thing. Sometimes people come to me and they're like, "I just feel stuck." And I'm like, you're not stuck. Stuck stuck is when you're trying to figure out how to make, you know, 6K a year. That's stuck. You're trying to learn new processes and systems and strategies to get you unstuck. When you get to that certain level, it's not an unstuckness. It's more of this feeling of, I'm, I know that there's more, dare I say I'm a little unsatisfied and then I feel guilty for that. And like, how, why am I feeling this way? And really what's next? And so that's, that's when people come to me, they're wanting that what's next. And one of the ways in which I believe that is a great what's next for anyone that feels connected to what I'm saying, who wants more visibility, who wants more is speaking and really sharing your message and using that as a conduit to impact the world in ways in which a lot of us don't even realize are possible when we first kind of get that that little nudge to like, do I want to share something? Do I want to be on a stage? Do I want to start a podcast? You know, we all know what that feeling is. And so that's kind of how it has played into my world. And I think that what makes me unique and my perspective unique is because of my background. Um, ever since I can remember, I have I have had these stars that just get very attracted to me because I can take a star and crack it open and make it an even bigger star. And I did this with clients. I mean, it, it does not make logical sense, Grant, why at 20 years old, I was working with Lenny Kravitz. That does not make logical sense. And yet it was happening. I even married a star. I'm married to an actor. And so it's just part of this thing that I, I have a really, I'm really, really good at seeing something that maybe somebody else can't see in themselves. And how do we crack that open? And how do we really connect that to their deeper purpose and meaning in life? And then how do we get to use these amazing things like speaking to bring that out into the world? Do you find for yourself, even if we go back um, a second for like whenever you first started speaking and because uh, everyone has that that first gig that they do or the first couple of gigs, you know, where we oftentimes then and even fast forward oftentimes still have some of those like doubts and insecurities and fears. And so the women that you're speaking to that you're working with today and kind of helping them with that confidence or to helping them take that next step. Did you find yourself struggling with that initially of going like, like, who am I to be a speaker? Like, why would, why should I be working with these various, uh, you know, musicians and artists and authors and thought leaders? And like, what, what do I bring to the table? So how did you, like, how did you kind of navigate that early on for yourself? Yeah. And I, you know, I feel like as a publicist, you really are, you are speaking on behalf of your client. You are creating the messaging and the marketing and really helping them take that voice. Like, what is your voice? And crafting that out into the world. And I would have moments of doubt all the time. I still do you know, have those moments of doubt of like, who am I to do this? What if I'm found out? What if I do it and then it gets taken away from me? What if I'm abandoned? You know, what if I do it and people think it's crazy? You know, what if people think I'm crazy? What if I do it and then no one buys? What does that mean about me? And when the outcome of why I wanted to speak was always contingent on these external things, it would always be an energetic mismatch. It wasn't until I started to get really clear on why do I really want to speak? 
you know, what, why do I have this, this thing within me that it's like, if I don't do it, it's just going to get louder and louder and louder and louder until it just takes over my entire being. So what is really the deeper purpose here? And I feel like for myself and Grant, I'm going to, I know that you are because you're a speaker and anyone that's connecting with this, the the speaker crew, (laughs) like we come from a certain place, you know, like in the stars, in the zeitgeist, whatever you want to call it. We come from a certain place. It is like the place of communication. It is my, it is my just part of my being to be a communicator at heart. Like, of course I'm going to speak because that is, that's just who I am. It's, it's like in my DNA. I don't know how else to explain it. And whether I'm doing it on a live or I'm doing it through teaching a course or I'm doing it on a stage in front of 10,000 people or I'm doing it on a podcast right here, it is literally how I share my soul with the world. And once I got clear on that and it became so much bigger than the fear that's when I was able to really step into it in a much deeper way. It's when I started to trust myself and what it is that I felt I wanted to say in a deeper way. It's when I started letting myself off the hook if I didn't have the keynote perfectly memorized and I didn't have it. You know, I just, I allowed it to be more in flow instead of having it be this rigid structured, it has to be this way thing. And, and those fears still come up. Of, you know, it's like I'll get a, you know, a speaking gig and I've got one coming up in January and I'm speaking in front of the National Photographers Association. And I'm like, okay, photographers, what's that about? You know, like I, you know, haven't really, you know, I've got photographers in my world, but that's not necessarily like my main thing. So, like, what do they need? What do they desire? You know, who am I? And it's like, well, clearly there's something about what I have already given to the world that they're connected with or they wouldn't have asked me to be there. So, I can get clear on that. And I have a whole framework of, you know, the questions that I ask, speaker support, like what's the lay of the land so I know how I'm going to be supported as a speaker. But then going to that deeper reason of like, I've got to get, I've got to get out of my own way a little bit here and realize that this is so much bigger than me. I am just a conduit for what's about to, to come out into the world, the message that's coming out. This isn't about me. This is about something so much greater. And so that's how I get over those moments of doubt or fear. It's that my, my purpose has to be greater than any fear that I'll have. And I also just kind of let the fear be there. I don't try to fix it or change it. It's just it is what it is. But I, I pivot the focus to the deeper, to the deeper why. How did you make that uh, that mental transition of again? You're working with a lot of these big names, um, and so you're more of a kind of a a support role and kind of behind the scenes, behind the curtain, to feeling like, hang on a second, like I want to be out there, like I want to be on, I want to be doing what they're doing. And so, how do you like? How do you kind of overcome that and and feel like uh, that that you even have anything to bring to the table to to, to be out there? Yeah, you know. It, I had to start really getting clean and clear about why I was underestimating the power of my own purpose. You know, why am I sitting behind the scenes? And look, there's nothing wrong with people that love being behind the scenes. You know, you have your operations people and your integrations people and the people that are really meant to help you drive the ship. But if you have a calling to speak and to be out there, like you're not one of those people. And so that was the thing for me. It's like, you know, why did it, why did I kind of start there? And it's because I didn't have the confidence. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was worthy enough to do it. Who am I to do that? And it wasn't until, and I'll give you a good metaphor that I like to use. Um, 
it's rock climbing. So I don't know if there's any rock climbers out there listening, but we all kind of understand the basis of, of rock climbing, right? So you go up and you start to climb the rock and you've got one hand here, one hand here. You're kind of doing the frog, you know, the frog leap. And what I noticed that was happening in my life, and I, and I, I also believe that we are the best coaches and teachers for former versions of ourselves. So I'm talking about me, but I'm also talking about a lot of people that I work with because like, if you spot it, you got it. I've been there. So I know it so intimately. Um, it's like we start climbing the wall because we say that this is the thing that we want. And then we get to this one point. And the next move that we have to take is that we have to take this one hand and we have to lift it up to this other to this other thing. What most of us do is like, I'm just going to stay right here. <laughs> just right here. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to think about it. I need to process some things. Like, do I really want to be doing this? Why do I feel this? Like, I just need to probably just integrate more. And it's like, no, (laughs) because if anyone has ever climbed a rock, if you don't keep moving, what happens? Your arms start to shake, your feet's going to start going out. Like you have to keep moving. You have to keep climbing the rock. And I think for me, I got to that place that I had just been hanging on to the same spot for so long that my arms were shaking. My legs were giving out. I was getting so sick and tired of, of being sick and tired. And it, it was because I was, I was betraying myself by not moving up. I was betraying what I knew to be true about me by not speaking, by not sharing my message, by not using the gift of my voice to effectively articulate the things that I wanted to say and that I wanted to share. And so when I got, when I, when I was able to get to that point, and for me, unfortunately, it's, it's like the extreme, like I have to hit the rock bottom. (laughs) Like everything has to just fall apart for me to be like, oh, okay, now I can Phoenix rise up. For some people, they don't have to do that. But for me, unfortunately, it's always like a rock bottom moment. And that's why I even love to use the metaphor of rock climbing. Like I had to like fall down, you know, and be like, crap, now I'm back here again. Like I just worked so hard to get to that one place on the wall and now I'm back here. And so it was that moment, I think, or maybe a series of moments of just being so sick and tired of being sick and tired, being so tired of feeling like I'm betraying what I know to be true and really allowing myself to listen to that, to listen to that desire of what it is that I want to do and not let anything else get in the way. And so for me, it was it was a choice. Like we all have that choice. Are we going to just keep letting those fears and those doubts get in the way of us really stepping in to our shine? Or are we going to finally get off the freaking rock, dust it off and get up there and finally climb to the top. And then guess what happens? You get to the top and then there's a whole other mountain, a new one, you know, and then you got to climb that one. There's always going to be a next level. And so when I started to really embrace that, and I think the word that comes up for me is acceptance. When I really started to accept reality on reality's terms and to accept me as I am, That's when I was able to say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a go. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be whatever labels I'm trying to attach to it. I'm just going to do it. And it was in that choice of doing that I actually started to become a better speaker. I started to learn about my voice, my cadence. When am I on? When am I off? Where do I articulate? What are those moments of resonance that I really want to captivate and pull someone in? 
what really compels me to want to keep coming back and speaking. It was in the action of that inspired action of the doing, but I had to believe first. So it's kind of like it's the knowing, then it's the being, then it's the doing. And I think so many of us, it's like we try to do first so then we can believe, so then we can know. And it's like, no, you, you, have, to, you have to know it first. And if you feel it, then you know it. And once you know it, you cannot know it. So for you, when you, when you kind of make that mental shift of I, I know that I want, to be, I want to do speaking and I know I need to be out there and that kind of that confidence kind of brews up. Um, how do you, like, what are the next steps that you take? Because there is kind of a balance of the confidence with the reality of nobody knows who I am. I've never done speaking before. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what I'd say. I'm not sure who books me. I'm not sure how, you know, this works. And just because like, I, you know, I have this newfound belief in myself doesn't mean like gigs are going to naturally automatically just fall in my lap. And so like, where do you go from there? And what were some of those early steps for you? Yeah. So for me, and this is really the basis of what I help people with, it was pitching. I was a publicist for years. I knew how to pitch. And so when I got into coaching before I was speaking, my first course ever was called Pitch It Perfect. I helped people pitch and land paid opportunities for themselves, whether it was partnerships, collaboration, sponsorships, media, whatever that was. And so I said, well, if I want to do this, why don't I start pitching myself for things? The other thing too that helped me, and I and I want to say this with a conduit. I want everyone listening to this that if if you want to speak wherever, whether it's a stage of ten thousand people or in a room with ten people, I want you to be so ready for people to say yes to you. Like I want you leading with that type of confidence and excitement. You have to be so ready for people to say yes to you, and you have to also embrace where you are. So when I was starting out, I wasn't trying to get a speaking agent. I wasn't there yet. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong or bad. I just, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't trying to, peach, to pitch myself for dollars $40,000 speaking gigs. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't trying to, you know, compete with people who like, that's what they do all year. I wasn't there yet. So I had to start with where I was. And so for me, it was, it was small conferences. It was workshops. If I had a friend that was hosting a mastermind, like, can I come speak to your mastermind? You know, I would, I would pitch myself for a lot of those opportunities to start building the confidence, the clarity, the frameworks of, of how I wanted to be as a speaker. And then from that more was revealed. You know, I would get, I would always ask, and this is for anyone, always, and I'm sure you tell them this grant, like ask for your video, like ask for copies of things. Um, it's, you know, very, very common nowadays to be like, hey, can I get a copy of <laughs> that thing that I just did? And watch it, study it, ask yourself the best question I ask myself whenever I'm watching myself speak is where was I on and where was I off? Where did I feel pulled in? Where did I feel emotional? Where did I feel excited? Where did I feel that tug? And then where did I kind of feel like I'm drifting off? Where was I on? Where was I off? Um, study yourself. So I started to do that. I would take my little, you know, videos and I would watch them and very objectively, I would just say, you know, where, where am I feeling? Because that's, that's what it is. People, people buy based on how they feel. 
And so people connect based on how they feel. So what is the feeling that I'm wanting to get across here? And then from that, I would, I more would be revealed about these are the things that really light me up when I speak. These are the things that I don't really like to speak about. Um, one time I was invited to speak at a really big conference in the online space. Um, and I was so excited and so nervous and, um, And I kind of had felt like I had made it, like I'd been speaking at little things. And then I was asked to speak at this thing. And I just said yes without feeling in it. And so at the time I lived in LA and so I got in my car and I like drove down to San Diego and it was like this big opportunity to finally speak at this big thing. And I walk in and I look around and I'm immediately like, ooh, these are not my people like, crap, like, what am I going to do? These are not my people. And so the ego is kind of like, well, you got to show up and you got to do your job because you're a speaker and you can make these your people, you know, but my heart was like, I don't know, like, is it, are we going to be in resonance here? And what that experience taught me, I went through it. It was fine. I did it, but it felt so out of alignment for me the entire time because I, I did not feel that, that those were my people. So the connection was going to be different. So for me, the learning lesson there was like, Maybe I'm not supposed to speak on every stage in the world, and that's okay too. Like, where can I find my people so I can be of greatest service and they can see me and I can see them? And it's like, there is no hierarchy. You know, we're different, but we're equal. And how are we propelling each other to those, to those greater places? And so just, it, it was the doingness that revealed more for me over time. So I don't know if that answers your question, <laughs> but those are just some examples of like when I was first getting started, how I would do that. And and then with speaker support, like I always ask, like what kind of support do you have for a speaker? Do you have, you know, if I want to bring a slide deck, do you have, what kind of mic am I going to be wearing? Like that changes the energy. Um, you know, am I going to be able to to click through my own slides or is somebody going to do that for me? Because that's going to change the energy. What is the stage? I always ask for like, what is the stage set up? And this could even be like, if you're just in a small room, like ask, how is it set up? How are the chairs set up? Are people going to be eating when I speak? Because that's a whole other thing. You know, am I opening? Don't, don't recommend that. Don't recommend that. I, I actually, that's a, that's a, I don't speak when people eat. That's just a non-negotiable for me. Um, am I opening? this conference or am I closing the conference? Because that's going to be a different energy. So it's, and in the beginning, I didn't know to ask those questions. I had no idea. But as I started to go through the dynamics of it, then I learned those questions. And I think also having a community of people and Grant, like this is where you would come in of like, you know, to ask those questions and people in your community are going to be able to know to ask those questions. So if someone's new is coming to the table and they're like, I don't know what I don't know, having that community of support, having other people that you could talk to that also speak, I would call friends, I would call mentors, I would get into community groups. I started to, you know, invest in masterminds and do things like that, where we could have these types of conversations. So I, I could just make sure that I was, I was really fully supported so I could really show up and do what I was meant to do. You mentioned uh, that one particular conference that you, you spoke at that you felt like, hey, this is an awesome conference. This is a big deal. You get there, you realize these aren't my people um, and you feel you know a bit of a fish out of water. How have you, what's kind of the evolution been like for you in terms of finding who your people are? Because I think especially early on for speakers, we're just kind of like, I don't know, I speak to humans. I speak to people. My message is for everybody. Like we just want to spread the net as far and wide as possible. But from a business perspective, like that doesn't work. And you, you want to narrow that down. You want to find out who your people 
people are and who you need to be speaking to and how to best help them. And a lot of times at the uh, uh, initially, you, you don't totally know, like you've referenced a couple times of like, you kind of take that next blind step and then something else is kind of revealed and you, oh, okay, this makes more sense. And I, I just, I just didn't know that initially. And so how have you kind of figured out who your people are and where you are best uh, as a speaker? Yeah. So, and I'm going to say something also with a caveat, like now and where I'm at, I don't really have to pitch myself. People come to me, companies come to me, brands come to me to say, hey, will you come and speak at this thing? And I'm sure someone listening is like eye rolling and being like, well, easy for her to say. However, the, I, that was intentional. I wanted to one day get to a place where who I am and what I say and my message was so squeaky clean that it would attract. It's about attraction over promotion for me now. And so the way that I laid that groundwork is that I had to make a decision years ago to like, this is what I'm speaking on. And of course, there'll be evolutions of growth, but like, this is my lane. This is who I am. This is what I embody. I am going to give myself to pr- permission to pivot as I grow, but this, this is my thing. This is my voice. And I am going to be so consistent about that. And every time that I have the opportunity to get on a Facebook Live, an Instagram Live, a podcast, anything, it is, I'm going to be driving home that intention. When you're just, I speak to humans and I speak about everything and anything, like it, it's, it's, there's an energetic mismatch and it, it's confusing. And it, it's not that you have to just be so niche to where you feel out of alignment with your own flow of things. But I do believe that there has to be some kind of thing. Like what is that thing that just you could speak about literally to the day that you die that lights you so up, that gets you so excited? And how are you more creating an entire experience around that? So I'll give you another, I love metaphors. I'll give you another metaphor. And this is fun because they do it better than anybody. But you know, Once upon a time, the NFL was like, hey, we want to create a different kind of experience for football fans. So we're going to create this thing called the Super Bowl. And then brands are like, oh, like we're going to see how like this is a great opportunity for us to get in front of our ideal customers. So can we run ads on the Super Bowl? And then, you know, the NFL is like, sure, (laughs) it's going to cost you. You know, and so then the ads start going and then the Super Bowl is like, wow, this is amazing. People are just as invested in the ads as they are in the actual game. Well, what else do we need? Well, maybe we need a halftime show. Let's call up this person. Let's get dancers. Let's call Beyonce. What is she doing? We got to get singers. We got to create this thing. And and wow, now people are watching the ads and the halftime show as much as they're watching the actual game. Well, maybe we should do something before the game starts. Maybe we should have this whole weekend where we're having games and doing fun things and, you know, Maybe we're documenting this and showing this. And so I think the way that most people look at their message, their brand, their speaking, it's like they're the Budweiser ad when really we need to be thinking about we're the entire flipping Super Bowl. So how with everything that you're touching, with your social media, with your customers, with your clients, with the way that you present yourself to the public as a visionary, as a speaker, as a leader, how are you creating that entire experience instead of just, I'm the ad, I'm the halftime show, I'm the national anthem? No, you're, you're everything. And so for me, it's about how am I creating an, an experience that relates to that bigger mission and that bigger purpose of why I want to speak, because that's what gets people attracted. And so for me, it's not just 
the speaking gig, it's the podcast, it's the programs, it's the courses, it's the books, it's it's all of those things. And even when I first started and I didn't have any of that, I was thinking of branding in that way. And again, just my background in PR, and this is why I speak on branding and why I talk a lot about this is because I knew that I wanted to create the entire experience. Because with, when you look at anything, Super Bowl, Olympics, World Series, um, you know, big, big famous entertainers do this. It's not, they're not just one thing and they're not focused on one thing. They create an entire experience that captivates and draws people in. Sports does it really well. Entertainment does it really well. And so how could I bring that idea to my brand as a whole? And then how, and I knew that by doing that, it was going to make it really clean and clear for people to understand this is who she is. This is what she does. This is what she brings to the table. This is how she serves. I want her to speak on my stage. And so starting that early on, it, it laid the groundwork and made it so much easier and made my brand so much more cohesive and really made what I, what I spoke upon so much more understandable to where the right and perfect audience for me, they just, they come to me. The other thing that really helped me was starting a podcast. I started a podcast back in 2017 and in so many ways specifically for speaking, because again, it's about the whole experience. The podcasting, it allowed me to become just a better speaker. It allowed me to understand my voice more. It allowed me to get really comfortable with the flow of things so I could be off, off script. I could trust myself more with what I was speaking on. It allowed me to um, really start to understand certain types of nuances. I think that's the word that comes up for me, the nuances with how I speak. It, it keeps you kind of stationary. I, I, I like to move a lot, as you can tell, Grant, when I speak. And so you'll see that on stage. And you'll also see that when I'm sitting in a chair. But I'll, giving myself an outlet or a platform where I could show up every single week and literally speak into a microphone made me a better speaker. It just did. And so that's the other thing that I would love to implore people to think about is how are you creating an entire experience? It's not just about the speaking. It's not just about the, the sell. It's not just about the social media, but it's an entire experience that lends to a more connect to a more connective experience for the people that are in your community. And for me, it's those people that are listening to the podcast that then email me and say, hey, can you speak at my keynote conference next year? It's, it's those companies, those brands, those people start to take notice when everything is in congruency with that. One thing uh, we talk a lot about on the show is that speaking is very much a momentum business that uh, I heard a friend say one time, the more you speak, the more you speak. And so it, it's initially you're just doing anything you can to get that momentum going. But over time, like you said, you start to build some more word of mouth and name recognition and referrals and repeat business. And it starts to create a bit of a, of a flywheel. Um, but initially you mentioned like to get that momentum going and start to push that boulder. Uh, it was a lot of pitching and pitching was your background. So because that's like your expertise and, and your world amongst other things, like what, what are some like two or three best practices, tips, like do this, don't do this. Like what are some things that we need to be thinking of when pitching? Because it is so much more than just, I have my website, I have my demo video and now I just sit and wait for people to show up. Like you, you do need to be a bit more proactive in getting that ball rolling. So who are we reaching out to? What are we saying? What should we say? What should we not say? Like talk us through some, some how to best pitch. So the first thing you have to know who you're talking to. 
that's, and a lot of times people don't, or they don't think about it. And so they're just blindly pitching out into the ether. And then they're like, I'm not getting any responses. So, and this kind of goes back to the story that I was sharing with that opportunity that I got to speak on this stage. I was like, oh, these aren't my people. Not that it was a bad thing. I mean, I think all of, all of it was good, but it's about, well, who are my people? Who am I, who am I speaking to? Who is that right and perfect person that if they heard what I, the message that I have to share, it is going to impact and change their life for the better. Who is that? And so getting clear on that is the first step. And then who, who is it? Where is he or she? That would be the next question. Like, where is this person? And then, you know, what would be of greatest service to them? So like, what is the message? And so once you kind of have those three questions mapped out, that's going to let you know who you're talking to, where they are, and then what you're talking about. Once you have that, then you can start reaching out to those to, to where they are. You know, for example, if you're talking to a woman that is in a direct marketing company, you're going to pitch direct marketing companies. If you're talking to men who are in real estate, you're going to be pitching some real estate conferences. So it's about getting clear on that first and then getting clear on, on the what. Like, what are you bringing to the table? And what makes it fun and exciting? And what is that thing? And that's like, you know, that the pitch. What is that thing? And to me, what I always, since I've first sent a pitch back in 2017, it's not about what you want. It's about what they want and about meeting them where they are. So how can you be of service to what it is that they need? And this is where you got to do your research. Like research the past conferences, research research the schedule, research how the lay of the land, research who has spoken previously. Are you going to be pitching yourself for a keynote? Are you going to be pitching yourself for a panel? Are you going to be pitching yourself for a breakout session? You know, do your research. Just deciding, hey, I want to, you know, go and talk, you know, in front of Amex is not doing your research. Get really clear on that. And so that's what I did in the beginning. You know, at, at in the beginning, I was talking to a lot of people that were getting started in the online space. They wanted to create a brand online. So I was looking for conferences, for brand building type of conferences. And at the time, I wasn't ready to do keynotes. And I could, I could just own that. But I could do workshops. I could do panels. And so I just started emailing. Hey, are you looking for someone with this type of expertise, this type of type of craft, this type of background. I have X amount of years in PR and I love to talk to people about how to pitch and land brand deals. Is this of interest to you? And the other thing with pitching is it's a volume game. I think the other issue that I see, Grant, is someone will pitch somebody once, they don't hear back and they're like, oh, well, clearly it doesn't work and I just need to quit. You know, for every yes you're going to get, you're probably going to get 20 no's. So that, I mean, and I tell my clients now, like, I want you to be pitching like 50 opportunities a day. Like how bad do you really want this, especially when you're starting out? So 50 opportunities a day. If once once you have that signature pitch, and it's like if you have a signature keynote, like just go ahead and kind of pull some things from that keynote. There's your your bullet points are there, but you've got that, put that in your pitch. This is who I am. This is what I'm excited about. This is, I would love to come in and serve your community doing this. This is how I know it is going to help them transform. It's about that journey that we're taking people on. Would this be of service to you? And that's that's all you have. Is this helpful? Always end a pitch with a question mark because when you think about pitching, you're literally throwing the ball back to that person to now throw it back to you. Are, you, sending, no are you doing mark, this like, like in an email or, yes, or how, in an what email, format? 
DM in any, in 2022, 2023, any format. You know, back when I started, it was traditionally email, but not LinkedIn, DMs, emails, the phone, heaven forbid, we get on the phone and talk to somebody, but the phone works. Um, and I really notice a lot of good feedback. LinkedIn is amazing. If, if anyone is listening here and you don't have a LinkedIn professional account, like, Go, it's like $5 a month. Right? Like, Go buy a LinkedIn professional account. You can get any email you want, any contact. And it is just a, it is a rabbit hole. It's like a data mining of research there. Start there. You can message people. You can get their email. You can email them. And I always follow up at least twice. And then I'll, I'll let it go. But that's, that's really kind of the formula that, that I used. And and again, people invest based on how you make them feel. So you need to make them feel something in that email. Do not write a novel. No one has time to read a novel. Do not have it be the driest. Like, would you want to read it? <laughs> write it and then read it and then ask yourself, if I read this, would I be interested in responding to it? And if it's not a heck yes, you got to refine some things. Is there anything that, that you would recommend uh, as far as just standing out from the crowd? Because the people that are being pitched for PR opportunities or speaking engagements or whatever are, you know, are probably seeing a lot of those pitches. And so, uh, and so when you're sending an email, you are one of you know, perhaps dozens and dozens of a lot of very templated that feels like it was all, they're all kind of like copy and pasted and tweaked a few things. So anything that you can do to kind of stand out from the noise? Especially if you're pitch, uh, pitching a speaking opportunity, Instead of just sending written form, send a video. That's an idea. I mean, you're literally speaking. They're going to want to know what you sound like. So you can send a video. That can and, – and again, it's, it's all about testing. Like someone may not want to open a video, but we don't know what we don't know. So that's a good one. I think also – and I think we underestimate this. People always think that people are going to say no to them. And so it, it limits us to even try. But most of the time, people do want to help people. So don't underestimate, even if you have a small community, maybe there's someone that you know that knows somebody that could make an introduction. That alone is going to. Any, any, any kind of networking opportunities that you can do to get front of mind is going to help. Um, I also personally love DMing through a social platform that that is consistent. So for me, that's Instagram. Because if I'm DMing somebody and I'm like, hey, I would love to support you in speaking on your stage. This is what I speak on. They're going to be able to immediately go to my Instagram and like see, okay, this is this is what she's about. So depending on maybe you have a Facebook platform, whatever is your strongest platform, pitch from that. Because then people are going to be able to see like, what does your bio say? What is the content that you're consistently creating? What are you consistently talking about? And again, this goes back to like, we're creating the whole experience. We don't want to be pitching these keynotes about one thing. And then someone goes to research you and you're like all over the place. So you, it's, it's about you really being consistent and creating that whole experience everywhere. So when they do go to research you or to find you, it's, it's all there and they can see it, they can feel it, they can touch it, they can taste it, and then they're going to want to move forward. So that, that really is, is a huge thing that I think people don't really think about very much that they yeah. should start thinking more about. Do you find that, uh, because your background's PR, do you find that, um, speakers leaning into PR moves the needle in any way for booking gigs? I think so, because there, there has to be a level of confidence to do that. And, and confidence is going to outshine lack of confidence any day of the week. 
you know, especially speaking that is, we're talking about public speaking. Like you're going to be speaking on a stage. There has to be a gravitas, a confidence, just a knowingness that you, you have what it takes to come to that table and people want to feel that. And so if you're not even confident enough to send a pitch, do you think that someone is going to feel confident putting you on their stage? Probably not. So uh, one of the things that uh, we touched a little bit on is you had a book that came out recently, uh, Get What You Want, How to Go From Unseen to Unstoppable. So let's wrap up with this. Tell us about the book. And then for speakers who are going like, I'm just getting started. I don't know what I don't know. And I'm trying to go from unseen to unstoppable. What, what, any final pieces of advice that you'd give us? Yeah. So, you know, I love this idea of unseen to unstoppable because I feel like for so many of us, I mean, that's probably a huge reason why so many of us get into speaking because we felt so unseen and unheard our entire lives. And now you can't shut us up. But, you know, the beauty of that and really the idea is it's it's getting it's getting to that to that piece of confidence, resolution um, and really shedding the origin stories. So I talk a lot about the origin stories in the book of what are those things that are holding us back, that are keeping us unseen, those belief systems that we have that we're not enough. If it's not perfect, I don't need to try. Who am I to want to do this? My voice doesn't matter anyways. The quieter I am, the more I'm loved. Um, Am I going to be found out? All of those things. we, We can't get to our our recognition, our success, our accomplishment, whatever whatever those things are that we desire until we shed those old belief systems. So we first have to get clear on what are they? Why are they here? Thank you for your service. And I, you're no longer driving, you know, the ship. And so I, I lead with that about really like, let's unlock what that is. Let's notice it and accept it for what it is. And then let's move it out of the way so we can start really taking the inspired action. And for me, a lot of that is you know, a lot about branding. I talk a lot about branding in the book. Um, How are you creating that world-class experience, not only for yourself, but for your customers, your clients, the people that you want to speak for. I believe that it really is about that world-class experience, which is why I love to use the Super Bowl analogy. And it's not just about the ad or the food or the halftime show. It's the whole thing. And I go into a lot about pitching. Like, how are you advocating for yourself? How are you showing up and really being of service and sharing that with the world? Um, And then we go into negotiating. You know, that's a big part with speaking as well. You know, um, when when should you take a free gig versus when do you take paid gigs? What does that mean? There, there's kind of, there's nuances to both of those things. And so it's about getting clear on what are your goals long-term and short-term? What does this look like for you? Um, you can get paid in so many other ways than just a paycheck. And so you've got to be thinking about that. So I talk a lot about negotiating in that um, in the book as well. And then we, we end on, you know, that empowerment piece of, of are you really ready to get what you want? A lot of times people say, you know, I can't get what I want because I don't know what I want. And it's like, well, but you, but you do know what you no longer want in your life. Like, that's how you get what you want. So it's like, can we remove those things? Can we really start stepping into what it is that we say that we want? Because we can talk it all day long, but saying something versus really moving forward and making sure that your life is in reflection of that is a completely different thing. So are we really, do we really want what it is that we say that we want? And I think that's a big question that people have to answer. So we uncover that in the book as well. 
Awesome. Julia, this has been great. If people want to find out more about you or check out the book, where can we go? Yes. So um, I tend to spend most of my time on Instagram. That's at Jules, J-U-L-S Solomon. I also have a podcast um, that we release a new episode every week and have been since 2017. That's called The Influencer Podcast. I talk a lot about branding, PR, marketing, building a business. And then um, I have a slew of masterminds and coaching programs for people who are wanting to dive deeper into really creating a brand that is lasting so they can do things like speak on stages and write books and really build a platform that leaves a legacy. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to juliesolomon.net. Awesome. Julie, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.